Hi, everybody. Welcome to Unapologetics, the uh, podcast where we read a Christian article and explain why it's stupid. Uh, it's been a minute since I've had a chance to actually sit down and do an article, so I'm going to try to do that today. So that's what we're uh, that's what we're working on. <laughs> and uh, I will be taking comments and stuff like that too. I am going to edit uh, this down for the the audio podcast, but I figured I'll do it live. You know, just do the go through what I'm doing uh, live. You know. So this is an article, and it's, a, it's, it's from, let's see, Christianity Today, right? And it's a, four in ten evangelicals say they've been visited by the dead. Now, I'm not sure if anybody's aware exactly why this is such a problem for, for them, right? But they believe in heaven and hell. So they're not supposed to be believing that they can just be visited by the dead, <laughs> you know, because you can't just walk waltz out of heaven or hell, right? You know, you're, uh, you're up in it. So you're stuck if you're there, you know? Uh, so that's what I, I'm pretty sure I haven't, honestly, haven't read this. I like to experience these things uh, live so that we can all kind of <laughs> react to it together. But uh, so, yeah, let's see what see what this is about. Oh, and somebody's hugging a person that I guess wrote themselves out of history, like uh, Marty McFly. I'm not sure. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's see. Last summer, Heather Beville felt something she hadn't in a long time. A hug from her sister, Jessica, who died at age 30 from cancer. Jesus. Uh, in a dream, I hugged her and I could feel her, even though I knew in my logic that she was dead. She said she immediately texted a group chat with her uh, close friends, including her husband and her pastor. Uh-oh, don't tell your pastor that. <laughs> you already fucked up. You already fucked up right there. To tell them about it. Uh, like fellow Christians, <laughs> Baville is sure that death is not the end. But she's also among a significant number who say they have continued to experience visits from deceased loved ones here on earth. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it's like, again, you can't do that. Like it, if you're a Christian, you have to believe according to the belief system that you have chosen <laughs> that people go to heaven and hell after they die. They don't, there is no coming back to like hang out for a bit, unfinished business. No, none of that. There isn't any of that. There's no Casperin. Okay. Going on. <laughs> In a recent uh, Pew Research uh, poll, 42% of self-identified evangelicals said that they have been visited by a loved one who had passed away. Rates were even higher among Catholics and Black Protestants, two-thirds of whom reported such experiences. Now, this is why I picked this one, because a friend of mine is a, uh, he's sort of just like a generic Christian. I don't even think he knows what denomination he is. But he was saying that the other day that he had like was, you know, talking to somebody who said that. Um, they saw their their loved one that had just passed away uh, wearing all white. So, um, and, you know, and I it's I always feel so awkward because they know where I stand on these types of things. <laughs> so I always feel awkward. I'm like, oh, cool. OK. OK. Yep. That's you just said that. Mm hmm. Sure. You know, like, I don't know how to re react to that, <laughs> you know, without being like, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's not true. <clears throat> you believe him when they said that? Really? OK. <laughs> you know, uh, let's see here. Interactions with the dead fall into a precarious supernatural space. Staunch secularists will say they're impossible and must be made up. <laughs> that's that's me. Yes, 
<laughs> or or mistaken you know or you're just thinking about it and so it burns itself into your memory as you actually seeing them um but a lot of times it's just you misremembering what happened anyway uh, the Bible-believing Christians may be weary of the spiritual implications of calling on ghosts from beyond. <laughs> that sounds so. That sounds so ominous. So I decided, okay. Yet more than half of Americans believe a dead family member has come to them in a dream or some other form. I mean, in a dream, I feel like when you say in a dream, it cancels it out. That's not a thing. Like, who gives a shit? You dr we dream about all sorts of fucking stupid shit. You know, geez Louise. Um, the other day I dreamed that I was boxing Barney, you know, the, the big like uh, dinosaur. Yeah, we were in a boxing match. I, you know, it's it's they're weird. OK, that didn't mean anything. I wasn't boxing the ghost of Barney or anything. <laughs> the survey didn't clarify how people processed these interactions, whether they thought they were mystical or believed they have had natural causes. What? How would you have natural like what? Oh, you mean like you just believing that you see? Okay, got it. I was about to say, what the fuck? That doesn't happen through natural causes. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Those who respond that loved ones visited them in a dream, for example, included those who may believe their loved ones were trying to send messages to them, as well as those who might have simply dreamt about a favorite memory with their their family member. Yeah, see, um, and that's it. That's exactly the the message I got from my buddy who's a Christian. He said, I think they were trying to tell me something. They're trying to tell me they're okay. And I mean, you can obviously see that like psychologically what's going on there. They want to, to, to feel like that person is okay. Cause here's the thing, <clears throat> when it comes to Christianity, the whole point of Christianity is supposed to make you or religion in general, supposed to make you feel more comfortable with the fact that we die, you know, and your family members will die. Right. Um, and it's supposed to help you because, hey, now you get to go live with them for forever in a magical golden amusement park, you know, uh, and that's that's why you should believe whatever it is. Right. But the problem is <laughs> because they have they're so focused on uh, terrorizing people into their religion, it actually just cancels out all of that comfort because they could possibly be in fucking hell. So even the amount that they claim to, like, help people deal with. Uh, death and stuff they cancel it out with the the belief in hell it's like it fucks everything up it's so funny so they they it actually makes them go through more distress because instead of just thinking that they're gone you know now they're thinking hey they might be burning forever i hope i have a confirmation that they're not burning and so when they show up and dress in white okay oh boy i was worried that you were in the torture dungeon that my perfect loving god uh created See, it, it just it completely ruins any kind of uh, comfort that religion would bring to um, just the, knowing the fact that people die. So I guess these are all of the uh, stats. So 46% in a dream and another form, 31% either, 53% Americans overall. Wow, 50% of Americans, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I feel like, do you think like skeptics, we would say, well, I thought that I saw them, but I don't think it was true. I think I was just like, you know, thinking about them a lot and then like se seared that in as a memory. And uh, it turned into me actually seeing them when it was really just me thinking about them a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, religious affiliation. 
Okay, in evangelicals in a dream, 38%, in other form, 22%. So that's 22 because I don't count the dream thing. Who gives a shit about that, right? 22% in another form, though. That means they believe that they actually came to them, right? Black Protestants, I don't know why they have that as a separate category, but okay. Um, they're 60%. Jeez. Wow. And I, my buddy is a black uh, Protestant. But he, uh, in another form, 34%, right? And and he would have been, <clears throat> he would have fallen in the uh, another form category, right? And then, because uh, it wasn't in a dream. Uh, and then, I guess, 67% is either Catholics, religious unaffiliate, really? Oh, even a religious unaffiliated. So even people that don't believe in a God or uh, b- believe in organized religion uh, still have these experiences. It's just, it's just interesting because... It's like it shows what we do in our brains to like feel better about death, you know, which we, you know, we're all going to inevitably feel kind of some type of way about death eventually, right? (laughs) It's bound to fucking happen. Experience these interactions is correlated with uh, some sense of religious faith. 63% of people with what Pew designates as medium religious commitment, uh, which is practically none, by the way, in their Pew's. Like thing, it's just like, do you go to church like three times a year or something like that? That's medium religious commitment. <laughs> so, uh, who may not go to church every week or pray every day, but still believe, yeah, see, uh, say that they have sensed their dead family members. Okay. Uh, people who are moderately religious seem to be more likely than other Americans to have these experiences. Pew researchers said this is due in part to the fact that some of the most traditionally religious groups, such as evangelical protestants as well as some of the least religious parts of the population such as atheists and agnostics are less likely to report having interactions with deceased family members hmm i wonder why that is (laughs) you know it's almost as if you know you're more grounded to reality that you're uh not gonna believe that people actually visited you and stuff after they died. You know, you're going to, you're going to be a bit skeptical if you even think that that happened. <laughs> you're like, hold on, hold on. Was I dreaming? <laughs> you know, that seems to, and then they're not going to tell anybody their dream. They're not going to be like, Hey, I had a dream, you know, uh, Beville, who is now a hospice volunteer and Stephen ministries, lay caregiver at her church identified with the findings. It's people who have the room and space to say, there might be something more versus people who have more of that fundamentalist or black and white background, she said. Okay. Um, Beville was raised Baptist and the profound experience of witnessing her uh, sister's death 17 years ago cemented her belief in God. It was her fate that got her through the, the overwhelming grief that followed. Seeing Jessica in dreams and sensing her presence uh, brought comfort. See, a lot of this is just like your brain's way of like calming you down, you know, and making you feel better about it. You know, that's which it, it seems perfectly natural to me. You know what I mean? Uh, not long after Jessica died, Bill dreamed of her sister sitting in a diner in her healthy pre-cancer body. When Bill was in labor praying for a second daughter, she saw her sister in a rocking chair in the delivery room. See, and that, that's in like a, a moment of extreme stress. Uh, shortly before giving birth to another girl, she teared up, recounting the story, which she repeats to her daughter, Elizabeth Jessica, every year on her birthday. That's okay. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if your daughter wants to hear that. That's kind of weird. Okay. 
she's in heaven, but I very much feel her presence and the sense of it brings great comfort, said Bill. Well, how is that? How is it the how could it possibly be the fact that she's in heaven, but she's sending you messages or like coming to you and stuff like that? that's not how heaven works, according to anything I've ever uh, like seen, you know, theologically anyway. Researchers say most people who report after death communications find the interactions to be comforting, not haunting or scary. Yeah, because that's exactly what the brain's tried to do. It's trying to comfort you. But they're often very valuable for people. Exactly. See, uh, they give them hope that their loved one is still there and still connected to them. Uh, Julie Xleen, a professor in Case Western Reserve University who studies the psychology of religion and spirituality. Um, these experiences help people, even if they don't know what to make of them. Yeah, because it's like I said, like I think that a lot of these uh, is, you know, the, it's people don't want to think that they're that they're just their loved one is forgotten that's like one of their biggest fear because they don't want to be forgotten right so then that's like a, a fear for them so they want to be like so I mean, it's like so subconsciously they'll have these experiences believing that like oh they are actually there they are actually communicating with them when really they're subconsciously just saying i don't want to forget this person i don't because i don't want to be forgotten after i die so i don't want to forget this person you know what i mean Seems like that's what's uh, happening, as far as I can tell, anyway. Let's see. Uh, these experiences help people, even if they don't know what to make of them. There are several factors that come into play for a person to turn to supernatural explanations for what they've experienced. A recent religious article, uh, religions article, by doctoral student Kathleen Pate and Exlean cites prior belief in God, angels, spirits, or ghosts combined with a belief that these beings actually do communicate with people in the world as one condition the relationship between a person and their loved one. Uh, the need for relational closure amid prolonged grief can also be a factor, and uh, women are more likely to report the phenomenon. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, it's uh, it's just like a way of coping, you know, it seems. But if you have, like, the prior conditions, I guess, to... to have these experiences you're going to have them more often or you're at least not afraid to report them right you know you're gonna if you believe in like afterlife and stuff like that it's not uh anything to say that they would just tell somebody about it and you're like oh yeah i think i saw them just just they just let me know that they're okay you know but psychologists can come off as skeptical of such experiences and clients may be afraid to disclose them assuming it means they're crazy religious uh Religious settings may not be much better. Evangelicals and people with high religious commitment were less likely to report interactions with dead relatives in the Pew survey. Yeah, because they, they, they're not allowed to believe that they can come to you. Well, they, you know, they have to believe that they either go to heaven or hell. It's against their theology. Bereavement syndrome. Oh, is that what it's called? Bereavement syndrome? I could see that. That makes sense. It's just like, you know, it's just your way of dealing. Our brains are incredible. They do like the, the coolest stuff, even without us knowing about it. They like protect us in ways that we don't even realize. It's awesome. Uh, I think a lot of Christians are maybe afraid to talk about this or do not know what to do with it. Uh, they could at least take some uh, comfort in knowing a lot of people have these experiences, uh, said Exley. Coming out of a fundamentalist evangelical background, she knows that some religious traditions view these experience, 
experiences as demonic or kind of freaky. Got <laughs> like the kind of freaky. Got to add that, you know. Oh, I don't think it's demonic, but it's kind of freaky. All right. It's kind of freaky. <laughs> and this kind of plays off of like what I was just a, a video that I just covered um, on the punk apostate. It's, you know, these people that believe that if you interact with people in your dreams and stuff, it, like one, like interacting with dead people in your dreams is one of the things that make you, uh, that, that mean that witch witches are casting spells on you. So this is like serious stuff, you know, to them, to the Christian. All right. The Christian faith operates around the reality of the spiritual realm, even if some of today's believers can be tempted to downplay it. Chris Papa, Jesus, what? Papalardo, Papalardo, Papala, Papala. Okay, you know what? <laughs> don't have tongue twister names. All right, don't do that. All right, come on. Wrote for CT. That's uh, Christianity today. Uh, one Halloween. Uh, one Halloween. Of course, you got to scare everybody on Halloween. Okay. Uh, our holy book contains stories of spirits being called back from the dead. Uh, he's got some Bible verses there of men who thought they were seeing ghosts and demons who did tremendous damage, both spiritually and physically. Jesus. Okay. So what, why does anybody want to read this and believe this book? Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus ministry can be characterized as an extended battle between his Holy Spirit and the lesser spirits of darkness, a battle that finds its dramatic conclusion in the paradoxical defeat of those spirits on calvary it's really odd that they like were able to turn him into the victor after having being tortured to death by the romans <laughs> but you know but he he's, he's the one with the upper hand the whole time because that was what was supposed to happen okay that's how you fix it it's a it's a no i meant to do that kind of <laughs> reinterpretation of of you know jesus dying or whatever when it comes to the question of a portal to the other side one uh, night a year might be too modest if the new testament is any indication that portal is never completely closed what there's they talk about a portal in the bible and ephesians <laughs> okay uh -huh. our world has far more spirits involved in its affairs than we realize <laughs> course you think that of course uh inside and outside the church christians refer to their late family members looking down on them or going with them as guardian angels whether that common imagining of the afterlife is actually theologically sound may depend on who you ask many theologians say that we can't know for sure what the previously departed are doing while we are here on earth well that's good at least that's what they're doing uh nothing they're they're not they're dead okay they're they're not there anymore <laughs> but they're like i don't know maybe they're playing in the park maybe maybe they're playing basketball together right now we don't know how do you know okay <laughs> i'd be playing basketball right now if i could fly all right that make the game a lot easier I'm not that tall all right it's kind of boring but john piper wrote that hebrews 12 1 referencing running the race before a great cloud of witnesses oh cloud of is that a misprint <laughs> this is same great cloud anyway all right could indicate the saints watching down to cheer us on yet he warns we should not be cautioned to be to beware of spending too much time thinking about the saints above 
so that we are tempted to interact with them rather than focusing on Christ and the throne of grace that he has opened to us. Okay. Um, yeah, because that, that is that is one thing. I always forget with Catholics, they have that in-between space or whatever, right? So they actually can, they, they actually do believe that they can interact with the saints. And then the saints can actually, like, if you pay enough money <laughs> and uh, pray, you know, get these high-level dudes to pray your whatever, um, in, you know, out of purgatory into heaven, you know, that's that's what they think you can do. <laughs> I remember my my parents getting so mad because um, they had lost a, a child and they got all of these uh, letters in the mail from Catholics saying, "Hey, can we uh, can we pray your deceased child into heaven because they're in purgatory right now?" It was really fucked up. I was like, "What? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, where's your head at? These people are fucking." Uh, going through some serious shit and you're like but here let's magic them just pay us and we'll magic them into heaven uh the spiritual realm described in scripture comes with strong warnings the text repeatedly advises against calling on spirits outside of god himself with several old testament verses specifically addressing interactions with the dead necromancy uh, in some translations deuteronomy 18 for example decries anyone who is a medium or spiritists, spiritists. <laughs> I'd love to hear somebody call themselves that. I'm a spiritist. Yeah, you know, we. Yeah, we. I just, I, I, uh, <laughs> I do spirits. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> or who consults with the dead? What man? That wouldn't that just be a medium? That's what that means. Okay, as detestable to the Lord. Okay, evangelicals believe they have seen deceased relatives in their dreams or sense their presence can be hesitant to come to their pastors with their experience because they've likely heard a leader decry communications with dead. Billy Graham called it an occult practice. So you can accidentally do occult practices to these people. This, this is why it's so, <clears throat> they just, they, they put so much in your brain that's like unnecessary and harmful that in order to just keep you fucking spinning your wheels, you know, they keep you never paying attention to how stupid all your beliefs are. They got all these fears that they want to tack on to it. And that's one of them. If you accidentally, I say accidentally, if you dream, uh, whether you intend to or not, <laughs> of somebody, of a dead person, like that's an occult practice. You just took part in an occult practice in your fucking dream. <laughs> it's like, no wonder nobody wants to be Christian. That's all I'm saying. Uh, still in the past year, 26% of evangelical Protestants reported feeling the presence of a family member who died, and 21% uh, spoke to a dead family member about events in their life. Pew found just 10% of the evangelicals said that they had uh, dead family members communicate with them. Uh, Exilean and fellow scholars also grew up near, uh, or also group near-death experiences. After-death communications and similar spiritual phenomenon uh, among the anomalous experiences for their study. Oh, yeah. Visions from near-death experiences, including reports of seeing departed relatives while visiting heaven, have drawn skeptical uh, skepticism from evangelicals, particularly as such accounts being uh, became popular as best-selling books around a decade ago. What became popular as best-selling books? I don't know what that means. 
Uh, when Beville describes the dreams with her sister, she also brings up the moment, the moments right before Jessica's death, when she went from being unconscious to seemingly speaking to God. In both, she said there is kind of a kind of like that thin barrier between heaven and earth. What? And that's it. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. There's a thin barrier between heaven and earth. I did not know that. And so this is what's so interesting about this. And it shows that like, they really just, they want to, they want more out of life. They want to believe that it's not, that it's not as simple as what it actually is. <laughs> you know, to me, I actually find comfort in like absurdism and things like that. I don't know. Um, a lot or like you know or ex is existentialism and stuff uh, it, where you're just like nothing actually matters and so it it's awesome because um we, it, we can make anything matter as much as we want i i find that comforting i think that's awesome um but for a lot of christians it seems that no, hell no they can't they have to uh believe that there is something more and there's all this other stuff going on but they don't get that their beliefs like run into themselves right because it's like the the fact that they feel more comforted uh, knowing that they you know their loved ones will live on forever is like oh that's so great that they will live on forever but then you have to believe in hell that fucks up your whole comfort thing man because now you're gonna you're never gonna know you know it's like all those people say like when you go to like the your aunt's funeral and they're all talking about her being in heaven and you're like yeah but she's in hell though she's in hell we all know. She's in hell. Okay. Have you met that lady? All right. She's in hell for sure. <laughs> you know. So, but uh, thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, I wanted to do just a, a live reading kind of of uh, the the Unapologetics podcast. If you want to support the show, you can support us by supporting the um, by supporting our sponsor, which is AdamandEve.com. Just go to adamandeve.com and enter code word BX. That's capital B, capital X. That's for this specific show, right? You can also do Brantley, like the thing says. That's that's fine. But uh, BX is the uh, code for this specific podcast, the Unapologetics podcast. So um, go to adamandeve.com. It's 50 years of uh, satisfa satisfaction guaranteed. America's most trusted source for sex toys. And they have got everything. Uh, and when I say everything, I mean everything and, and everything that you can think of as far as like having fun with sex. You know, they got all the kink stuff. They got all the strap on stuff. They got everything. So just go to adamneve.com, enter code word BX and get 50% off almost any one item, three free gifts, six free movies and free shipping on the whole order. And it is discreet. The, the shipping is discreet. It's not going to say sex toys and big bold writing as much as I ask them to do that when, uh, you know, I have stuff delivered. They, they said no. So I just have to write it on myself and then leave it outside for a couple of days. So that way everybody knows how cool I am. Anyway, but go to adamandeve.com, enter code BX and get your exclusive offer. But hey, thank you all so much for hanging out. This is a lot of fun. I'm going to try to do more of these, do it live, you know, so that way we can get some uh, get some comments and stuff in the audio podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to like and subscribe, that'd be great. That always helps. But if you also could give the uh, Unapologetics podcast uh, five stars wherever, you know, the podcast lives and that's all over the place, you know, uh, everywhere, that would be very helpful. And uh, yeah, if, if uh, what do we say? 
to the haters, discriminators, and masturbator shamers. Fuck. <laughs>